ISIS may be pursuing a bolder propaganda strategy, but the Iraqi army and its many helpers continue to fight back, with Iraq's prime minister calling Wednesday for a major offensive against the group in the city of Ramadi in Anbar province. Ramadi is a city of 200,000 people. It's been under siege by ISIS for more than a year, and residents there face a daily barrage of mortar shells and car bombs and sniper rounds. Vice News correspondent David Enders traveled to Ramadi in early March to see what life was like in the shadow of ISIS. Some of the groups in Anbar that that previously backed the U.S. or fought with the U.S. and fought on the side of the Iraqi government that was backed by the U.S. now find themselves largely uh, abandoned, not entirely abandoned, but they're sort of stuck between an American presence that won't help them directly and an Iraqi government that effectively doesn't really trust them, as well as the Islamic State, which has surrounded the capital of Anbar province, which is Ramadi, and and taken over most of the province. All right, well, let's go on the ground in Ramadi, because that's what you did in your piece for Vice. I want to play some audio from one doctor that you met up with at a hospital that you visited, talking about the situation in his hospital and the patients that he sees. Listen. Every moment we are suffering. Because, you know, once you go outside your home, you don't know whether there is a bullet in the air, whether there is a car bombing beside you. Once you came to hospital, you face so many problems regarding the electricity, shortage of fuel, the oxygen, tap water, etc., etc. Every moment we are suffering, he says to you, David, what is the situation today in Ramadi? Well, for much of the last year, the only electricity has come from generators. Uh, It's difficult to get normal things in, food. Um, When you see what's coming into Ramadi, it's it's mostly cooking gas and very basic supplies, food. And and what you see going out of Ramadi and Anbar is a lot of people. We visited the hospital, the main hospital there, where the doctor talked about just shortages of, of things that they need to treat some of the traumatic injuries that they're seeing more frequently since the Islamic State moved in about a year ago. In many of the cities that Islamic State has taken over, we've seen draconian crackdowns in the local population, Islamification, executions. I could go down the list. I think many of us are familiar with the horrors that ISIS has wrought upon the places that it's conquered. So have any of those tactics uh, come down on the residents of Ramadi so far? Not necessarily on the residents of Ramadi, uh, but certainly in some of the outlying areas as as the Islamic State took over the outskirts of Ramadi or different areas of Anbar, uh, those tactics were used and, and people did flee. We were actually in Ramadi, there's sort of a, a strange situation. You can actually cross back and forth between Islamic State held neighborhoods of the capital and, and neighborhoods that are considered contested and the government held areas. And, and what they describe is just a, a more severe lack of services, mostly they're basically crossing over to get food, to, to sometimes collect paychecks. Uh, the, the governorate is in some cases still paying government employees. And, and one reason for the Islamic State maybe not to have taken over all of Ramadi yet is because once that happens, they would probably begin shelling the city from outside, which is happening in Fallujah, which just happened in Tikrit, and, and, and images of some of the destruction there have, have been on television you spent some time with the governor of Anbar riding around in his convoy. You were at his compound. One of the many things that he lamented, aside from potentially his own safety, was that American airstrikes were kind of around a couple of months ago, but then had waned. Yes. As we've seen uh, most recently with the Crete Offensive, 
pro-government forces in Iraq are generally not moving forward very far without U.S. airstrikes being in the lead. And and that is the same thing they would like in Ramadi. And, and they've said that basically since the beginning of the air campaign, uh, it's been focused elsewhere as opposed to Anbar. Well, I wanted to ask you about Tikrit because that offensive to take territory back from Islamic State was supposed to be sort of a proof of concept. There was a coalition of Iraqi military, Shiite militias, Iranian elements, American airstrikes all joined together, although allegedly not coordinating with one another, to take to Crete, Saddam Hussein's hometown, back from Islamic State. Largely successful. Does that prototype example play a role for Ramadi. Does anybody think that the same type of coalition or same type of proof of concept, Iranian element Shiite militias is going to do Ramadi any good? Is it on the way? That dynamic with, with having uh, the very obviously sectarian militias that are, that are fighting on behalf of the Iraqi government present in Ramadi, and, and some of them are present in Anbar already, backing up what the Iraqi army, quote-unquote, which often their units have a very open sectarian bent as well. And we'll see what happens in Tikrit. Uh, it, it certainly remains to be seen how they'll keep the city quiet after this, whether or not they'll even let people necessarily return in great numbers and, and who they'll allow to return and who they won't. So just because they've they've entered the city in Tikrit and, and a lot of the city has been very badly damaged doesn't mean things there are even far from over. So you know, the building up of, of these sorts of tensions is going to inevitably make it more difficult for the Iraqi government to recapture these areas. David Enders is a producer for Vice News. He spent three days in Ramadi, his new piece up on vice.com, Under Siege in Ramadi. David Enders, thank you for joining us. Thank you.